0: Hey everyone, Uh, wearing a hat today because I have quarantine hair and I'm in desperate need of a haircut. Um, We are talking about God's gender today on Mother's Day. I want you to take a moment, picture God in your mind. Maybe it's the God of your childhood. What does God look like? What does God's face look like? Does God have a face? Is God a person? What is God wearing? Does God, in your mind, have a gender? For the last four to five hundred years, most of Christianity has talked about God as man. Uh, most of the paintings from um, the Renaissance area moving forward pictured God as a man, and I think of Michelangelo's creation of David, or of uh, Adam, and God's wearing his cute little pink dress, and God is an old white man with a white beard. If we go back Christian history before 500 years ago, we see a much more diverse understanding of God. Gregory of Nyssa was a bishop in the 4th century, and Gregory said, God is neither male nor female we go into the John's Gospel, we have Jesus saying that unless you are born anew, it is not possible to see God's kingdom. So Jesus talked about this idea of being born again. And early Christian baptism rituals would speak of uh, the water as the womb of the Spirit that gives new birth uh, to those baptized in it. And Tim Bulkley was a biblical scholar who passed away just last uh, fall, and he did extensive research on the church's understanding of God as not only father, but mother as well. And Tim said this, if you can describe yourself, as Jesus said, of being born again, born anew, who do you picture as the mother who gives you this new birth? Much of the early church and the early Christians understood the mother that gives new birth, makes you born again, is God, is the Spirit of God. The Apostle Peter describes the followers of Jesus as infants who crave this spiritual milk. And Clement of Alexandria was a theologian in the second century who just took a, a couple generations after Jesus, who took this idea further and said that, follow me here, this is kind of strange uh, to think about. Uh, in the second century, he said that Christ is the breast milk that we feed on. And where does that breast milk come from? He said that breast milk that we feed on is Christ, and it comes from the very breast, the bosom of God. God has breasts. God is like a mother feeding us and nourishing us. What does that image of God do to you? It's kind of strange to me. It's different than I've thought about. Why was it normal for uh, many of the early Christians and early church to use this language, these metaphors for God as not only father, but also as a mother, also as a woman, But today, a lot of us have a hard time with that picture of God. The word spirit in ancient languages was um, a feminine word. In Greek, it has no gender at all. Um, And so, uh, in in languages, Semitic languages, um, the word for spirit was used with feminine pronouns to describe God's spirit. St. Jerome said in the Godhead, there is no gender. There is no gender. But didn't Jesus call God Father? What do we do with that? He did call God Father. And most people uh, back then understood the gods to be very much like humans, to have traits like humans. They eat and drink like humans. And they even believed that that was one of the reasons why you sacrifice animals and wine to the gods was because they believe that you are literally feeding the gods. That if the gods did not have our sacrifices of these animals, then the gods would starve. So they attributed all of these traits that are like humans onto the gods. And so it makes sense that if people in the world had that understanding of the gods, that we would see even Jesus using that language as well. And the early Christians not only used the language of father, but also of mother, also feminine, also woman. And the Jewish people before Jesus, they also understood that God was so far beyond any of these traits of humans. And that's why one of the most important rules that the Jews had in their Torah was that they could never, ever, ever make an idol of God because an idol was an image. It was taking your picture of God in your mind and trying to create what God looks like in an image. And they realized that God is so far beyond anything that we can imagine or make sense of that to try to have an image of God, whether it's a statue, an idol, or a picture, or a painting, that is just blasphemy. It's offensive to them because God is so far beyond. But they used metaphors for, of, of God as a, um, a protector, a comforter. They used pictures of God as a hen who protects her chicks, her babies. And they used masculine metaphors for God as well. But they also understood that God is so far beyond our understanding. So to apply our traits and to say God is man and this is what God looks like. That was offensive even to the ancient Jews. Uh, the biblical scholar I mentioned Tim, found that the first 1,400 years of Christianity, church leaders and theologians spoke of God and Jesus in the spirit as not only father but also mother, but then it stopped about four or five hundred years ago. We tend to associate mothers as caring and comforting, and protecting their children. And the science that they've done to figure out kind of where those traits come from, it comes from a chemical in your brain called oxytocin. And they found some uh, interesting stuff in the past 10 years that this oxytocin isn't just found in women, that they they found that the fathers who interact with their kids more have higher levels of oxytocin released in their brains, leading them to be more caring, and more connected to their children. That these motherly traits isn't about being a woman. It's about having interaction with your kids. That's what creates the oxytocin that makes you uh, more comforting and more caring and protective of your children. So when a mom is pregnant, they found that the dads can have as much of a 30% drop testosterone during the pregnancy and a lower level of testosterone uh, means that a guy is more likely to soothe a baby that's crying and guys with lower levels of testosterone are more likely to spend time with their kids interacting with their kids it isn't about being a man or a woman both carry with them the ability to be supportive loving protective of their kids When I was younger, I used to think that um, a gay couple, two guys, could not father um, a child because a child needs a mother, because that's how God intended it. Um, I'm very sad that I used to think that. um, The science proves otherwise, that what makes someone have these, what we call motherly traits of being caring, and uh, compassionate and protective is not about being a woman. The chemicals that allow us to have those emotions and those relationships with our kids are in both men and women. And sure enough, today some of my good friends are gay men who have children and they are some of the best, most caring uh, parents that I know. Being a mother does not mean being a woman. It's not about being a man or a woman. Both carry the ability to be loving and supportive and protective and caring. God, it's not about being a man or a woman. God carries within God's self the ability to be caring and protective and loving and just. God is beyond our human labels But God, who is both father and mother, and so much more than father and mother, is also the one who gave birth to this universe. God is the one who gave birth to you. Meister Eckhart is a Christian philosopher in the uh, 1500s, and he said, we are all meant to be mothers of God. For God is always needing to be born. He said, what good is it for me, for the Creator, to give birth to His Son if I don't also give birth to Christ in my own time and culture? We're all mothers of God. That is a really weird thing to say. You are a mother of God. That Meister Eckhart understood that we have a responsibility to birth, to bring God into our time, into our place, into our spaces. Christ is not finished being birthed and we are all mothers of God, bringing Christ into the spaces that we inhabit, into our relationships, through our words and our thoughts and our actions of love, that we are birthing Christ into our world. When we resist uh, injustice and racism and prejudice and sexism, we are birthing God into this world. And the reality is, I am not always birthing God into this world. I am not always bringing love and goodness and life into my relationships and spaces. And so this concept has kind of helped me become aware and ask the question, what am I bringing into this world? What am I creating with my thoughts and actions and behaviors? Is it God? Is it loving or is it not? We have a responsibility to carry on Mother God's uh, gift of giving life and creating things. You are creating. You are birthing God into this world, into your places, into your spaces. You are the way in which God is made visible. The Bible says that God is invisible. We have no idea what God looks like. But if we look at Christ, the letters of Paul say, look at Christ, we can have a picture, an idea of what God looks like. And Christ is living through and in us, through and in you. So you are the way in which God is made visible. You are all mothers of God. A happy Mother's Day to you.